Well, what is it? I mean, I guess, you know, fall, I guess it's football season. Summer is snowball season. Spring would be crawfish season. And uh, winter is Mardi Gras. Huh, all right. Carnival season. There you go. That's your four basic seasons of New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with that. You'll be gold. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. We need professionals. Yeah, Carlo was like, what about Mike Drew? <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? I was like, well, I don't know if Mike Drew's exactly what we're going for, but... Listen, uh, if we yeah. want a 14-minute harmonica solo intro song, theme song, he's our guy. Since all Latinos know each other anyway, that he'll get in touch with Manon and they'll be able to do the song. I'm Sanders, and he's Liv, and we are two sorry excuses. Liveroo! What's up, Sam, man? Hey, man. What's happening? Happy Sunday. Yeah, happy Sunday to you. A week-ending edition. Yep, a uh, Sunday evening affair. Like a fireside chat. <laughs> Roosevelt so style. Uh, let me get yes, good old FDR style. How was uh, how was your weekend? Uh, pretty boring. You know, didn't do much. Got in a fight with the lawnmower yesterday. Nice. You Wait, know, is that I a euphemism kinda... for getting a haircut? No, no, that's a that's a euphemism for getting in a fight with the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> I planned on getting up, cutting the grass, and. Having all that out of the way by 1 o'clock, hopefully, so I could do stuff. And then, uh, you know, the lawnmower we have, the neighbor next door, you know, he all, he 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 gave it to us. You know, he sold it to us years ago. It's one of these self-propelled things. He's, he's the one who always tinkers with it. You know, he knows how to deal with that. So I got out there yesterday, and it was messed up. I knew it was messed up before, but my brother had cut the grass most recently, and he said there was no problem. Well, uh, my brother's in Guatemala right now, so that needs to be over here cutting the grass. So I got there, I'm like, oh, it's fucked up. He never fixed it, you know, and went over there, needed a new belt for the self-propelled thing, so I had to go to the friggin' Lowe's and get the belt. Came back, the guy's like, oh, about an hour. I was so pissed off because it just ruined my day, you know? Yeah. And I ended up not doing anything. I didn't even cut the grass. I ended up cutting it today, you know? And then. How, and, big, is the, uh, how big is the yard? 
Uh, it's a pretty big yard. Yeah, I mean, I can't say exactly how big it is, but it's a lot bigger than your average backyard. You know, it's a pain in the ass, and it rained, like, constantly for, like, five or six days in a row. And it's, you know, it was 90-something degrees today. It's New Orleans in the summer. It's friggin' miserable. But it's typically not a two-day affair to get the grass cut, right? Well, if I w- if the lawnmower would have been working, it would have been one day. If- it would have been a less than a two-hour affair, you know? Yeah. You know, it's a pretty big yard. Between the front and the back, it takes, you know, an hour and something, you know? And it's that friggin' lawn, you know? I'm cutting my mother's lawn. I don't know when this is going to end. But like... <laughs> Like, during my teen years, that was, like, the bone of contention in this house. It was the only thing my dad cared about was us cutting the grass, really. You know, he could give a damn about how I did in school, give a damn about, you know, whether I got arrested or anything like that. Not that I was getting arrested, but if I did. Right. But if that grass wasn't cut, that was his, oh, I just remember all the fights, you know. And and this is probably a fight that went on with, everybody else you know because i'm the the fourth and final son right and you know uh one thing about new orleans climate you know it it pretty much without fail it rains in the afternoon every day during the summer so i'd be in high school in summer you know i would just sleep all day and he'd yell at me like you know you gotta get up there and cut the grass you know it rains every afternoon (laughs) yeah (laughs) And it always just snowballs because then the grass is like a foot high. It's very thick and it's miserable and hot. And the grass is so thick that the lawnmower's stalling. You know, it's it was always a miserable experience. It, it must be a rite of passage because um, g- growing up, my dad has been trying to, to grow grass for my entire existence. 40 years. Yeah. And um, the... The driveway at my parents' house, the house that I grew up in, is a horseshoe driveway. So it has a very distinct front lawn. Yeah. And the backyard is big, um, but it's got a pool, so that's a whole different animal. But the front yard um, is – the town that I grew up in is septic system. So the septic tank was in the front yard. So there was about a 10 by 10 patch, which was the most luscious green grass. It was like Augusta National style. Yeah. You know how beautiful this little patch was. But it was over the septic tank, which if you're not familiar with a septic tank, it's just it's it's the cesspool of shit. Yeah, I know that much. So um, that cutting that was, was like... Um, you know, was a chore because it was so thick and it was yeah. so green. But the rest of the lawn was like rocks and crabgrass and barren. So, you know, you had to switch the, the setting. You know, you yeah. had, it had to be higher on the septic tank and it had to be lower because, you know, oh, if we cut it short enough, it'll spread. You know, like bald men, if, yep. you, if you cut your hair, it'll, yeah. it'll look thicker and fuller. False. Is that what they say about yes. the Walkman? Yes, it's false you. on your head and it's false on the front lawn because that shit never got thick. Yep. But um, I don't know if he got, if he put sod down or, or what, but um, after years and years of trying, he finally got it. And he 
he's retired, but he travels. Um, he does some consulting uh, in his retirement, so he'll be gone like a week or two at a time, and and without fail, um, you know, he'll set me up on the schedule to go over there and cut it. But I really can't complain because he's got a pretty kick-ass riding mower. Oh, all right. Well, that's nice then. The the front lawn is only about a hundred by seventy five tops. Yeah. So it takes about literally five minutes to cut the uh, to cut the front lawn with a riding mower. So I certainly can't complain. I mean, it's the least I can do for the old fella. Yeah. See, I I have a friend. Uh, yeah, he's two years younger than me and has a brother a year older than me. And they're, they were the only, you know, children of their parents. And that dude, his dad always cut the lawn. And that blew me away. I was like, what? I was like, your dad had two sons and he was the one that cut the grass? Yeah, that's almost unheard of. Yeah. Also, because I think the, re- the way, like, the way... The pattern at which we were born, my brothers and I, you know, seems like it was done just so he would have somebody to be cutting grass for a good 30 years. You know, he had, he had uh, my two oldest brothers were born 64 and 66. And then my brother and I were born 74. My brother Josh and I were born 74 and 76. It's like. I've always had that argument with my with my mother. She's like, "No, that isn't why." I was like, "No, it just seems too convenient that right when, right when both of the oldest brothers were eighteen, we were both coming into grass cutting age." <laughs> just seems too damn convenient uh, for that. That's brilliant. That is very convenient. Yeah, that's and, that's some urban planning right there. And you know what? Another thing they did is we used to own rental property when I was younger. You know and parts of like uptown New Orleans and we would have to go there on the weekends to cut the grass, you know, at these properties. And when you're little, you know, like when you're six years old, that looks like a pretty cool machine. You know, a lawnmower. Right. A machine that you turn on that friggin' eradicates the grass. <laughs> you know, and um and like you're like, yeah, let me try that. And then they suck you in, you know, it's like, oh you thought that was cool. You know, now now it's your job. You know, for the longest time, um, we had menial tasks uh, to the point we were teenagers. Like um, weeding was always a was always oh, yeah. a bane of my existence. Um, but that wasn't something you graduated from. It wasn't yeah. like you know because there's three boys, and it wasn't like okay from ages you know uh, nine to eleven you weed, and then eleven you learn how to rake. And then thirteen, <laughs> you learn how to rake. Thirteen, you ride the you you know you mow the grass. You know from thirteen to fifteen, and then you know fifteen whatever happens after that. But um, to this day, I was helping my dad um, open his pool a couple weekends ago, and uh, my job as a forty-year-old man, homeowner <laughs> of two of two homes. My job was to hold the wrench. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go get the screwdriver. So I'm running. But, but like old I habits. Used to hate, I used to hate having to do all that crap with my dad. Old habits I mean, die hard, you know? Like when he'd be, toy, when he'd be messing around with the car, he'd be like, 
yeah, come out here and you're going to sit in the car and put your foot on this pedal, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Invariably, I'd accidentally hit the horn and, <laughs> you know, with his head in the engine. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. You know, um, raking was my sister's jobs. Okay. Uh, the two of them, they used to have to rake the backyard, the leaves and all that stuff, whereas we cut the grass. All right. Uh, another thing, just to close out the point on that is... You know, I got older, I noticed all this, you know, all this indoctrination, all this societal pressure and indoctrination and stuff that no one wants to do. Like how they sell, like for little boys, you get those little play school lawnmowers. Yes. You know, and the yeah, girls yeah. have the vacuum cleaner and that's supposed to make you want to do all this menial bullshit labor. Right. Right. My little niece, um, she's three. At my mother's house she has her own like cleaning set dustbin um little tiny broom like she looks like um she looks like a little cleaning lady she has yeah. the you know the thing with the spray bottles and the you know the little tote carrier thing yeah and you know she's constantly like walking around sweeping cleaning but when it comes time to like clean the toys or you know go clean her room it's like a foreign concept. Yep. She's like, what, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you spent all day. I watched you. You <laughs> polished the brass top. Yeah. Now you can't go pick up your toys? She's like, no, that's different. I was like, unbelievable. It's crazy. But it is like, a, it is like an indoctrination type of thing. Um, you know, I don't know, man. Cutting the grass experiences hasn't changed much from the time I was a kid to now. I'm still fighting with the damn lawnmower. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, I'm cursing. I'm like, here I am, fucking late 30s here, cutting the grass. Friggin', I got a miserable job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own my own house yet, you know. I'm probably going to die alone, and I'm still <laughs> doing with this bullshit. Uh, hey, um, real quick. Um, yeah, we uh, can get off this topic. No, no, no. I, I want to stay on this topic for a second. <laughs> <laughs> what is, when you're done, um, when you're done mowing the lawn, do you go and, and grab a, you know, a, grab a, a a cold beer, crack it open, and actually, I grabbed a cold Powerade today. All right, that's people. That's the first question they always ask me when they find out I'm allergic to beer. They're like, well, "What do you drink after you mow the lawn?" Yeah, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." That's water. I'm usually thirsty. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm usually thirsty. Well, dehydrated. Yep. I guess I'm not like a. I guess. Like you, I'm not like a um, an advertising uh, icon type of deal, you know? Right. My first impulse isn't like, where's my beer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I take don't my know. shirt off. I don't take my shirt off in private, let alone in public when I'm done, you know, mowing the lawn and, you know, whip my, my sweat-stained shirt off and crack <laughs> open a, a taste of the Rockies. Yep. Tap into the Rockies. Oh, I shamefully hop in the shower. Yep. Uh, you know, clean the little green s- 
stains off my ankles. I mean, I have had a beer after cutting the grass, and it does taste good. But usually it's like after I drink a glass of water or something else first. But I guess my point is you survive without drinking a beer. Yeah, right? I can people do a are, lot of stuff without drinking a beer. People are always like, I can't believe it. Yeah. You monster. Yeah. I was like, wow. Like Brian Peters can't do anything without a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I can I can get along in this world without the influence of alcohol. I hate to say it. I mean, it makes things fun, I guess. Right. But but I don't need to. Uh, you know, and the older I get, the less I drink. Uh, although I'll tell you what I've been, um, what I found I can tolerate uh, in in terms of uh, non vodka grapefruit beverages is uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. And okay. The reaction most people have when I tell them that, you know, like I'll crack open a Pabst Blue Ribbon and you know. Uh, you know, I'll enjoy it. They're like, oh, that's disgusting. But I don't know any better. Yeah. You know? Like, when Mike Reardon brings his, you know, his personalized cooler of hops and fun, uh, all that stuff just, it's one, above me, and two, doesn't necessarily appeal to me. But, like, Pabst Blue Ribbon tastes like what I remember beer tasting like. Yeah, the beer that you were drinking when you were a college kid. Old Milwaukee's. Yep. You know, Natty Light. And yeah. It, you know, it goes down smooth, and I guess because it's so watered down that I don't have, I don't have a um, an adverse reaction like I, I normally would. So See, I can I, I can have one. Yeah, you drink a lot at that football game. Yeah. Right. Well, those yeah. those were probably like Miller Lights or something, right? Yeah, they were. Whatever they were, typical cheap beer. Yeah. So I can sustain that for a short amount of time and. And survive. I don't have to whip out the EpiPen. Yeah, I um, I mean, I guess what Mike Reardon does is what you're supposed to do when you get older. You're not an alcoholic, you know, because you can only drink a couple of those beers. In my yeah uh, opinion, you know, you you start appreciating the beer. You drink a couple of them here or there, you know. Right. And as opposed to when you're younger, but. I don't know. I still like to drink Coors Light. That's what I'm accustomed to. Sorry, I'm not so highbrow. I'll drink a good beer every now and then, but I'm not seeking it out. Right, know? right. I just assume go get a Coca-Cola Icy in that case. <laughs> if I'm going to a convenience store to seek something out, yeah. <laughs> hey, is um, you're, I've always meant to ask you this. But your affinity to um, to flavored iced beverages or or, or flavored ice um, treats yes. is, is quite high. Are they? There's different things. There's snow cones, snowballs. So, okay, I call them here. All right, but that's essentially the 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 crushed ice with the in a cone with the flavoring it's on like it. Shaved ice, yes, with uh, in a cup with uh, syrup on it. Yeah, ask Brian Peters. He he's tried one before. Him and Carla. Okay. I've taken them to a couple of the local snowball stands, Sal's and Hanson's. Are they? Um, is it? Are, are they? What's the word I'm looking for? Are they not indicative of the region? Well, uh, indigenous. Indigenous. Yes, yes. A a New Orleans snowball is an indigenous uh, treat. One of the things is. Uh, it was a common summer treat back in the day, but like 
you know, 70 something years ago, whatever, before, before the first guy invented, uh, the machine that's the most common machine in town, they used to just get these blocks of ice and they would take a wood plane, you know? Okay. And just shave the ice and, you know, you put like a flavored sugary, you know, syrup in there, you know, and then this, uh, this guy, Ortolano, invented, he was a, I believe, a grocer, an Italian guy that owned a grocery store, you know? Right. And he used to sell them out of there, and he invented a machine that shaves the ice for you. You know, this is all local. And then, like, um, a lot of places use that type of machine. I know that's what Sal's uses. It's a snow wizard. You can even Google snow wizard, and you'll come across the corporate page. Uh, the place Hanson's that I took Brian and Carla to as well, that place was owned by a couple of people, the Hansons, you know, an old uh, husband and wife. You know, they've been dead for some years now. But uh, the old man himself, I think he, he was like a machinist or whatever, and he made his own machine that is unique to that snowball stand. He didn't, I think he might have got a patent on it, but he didn't go mass produce it or anything, you know? Okay. So that's one reason why it's different. And the other reason I think why it's different also is because um, New Orleans, they like everything very sweet, you know, very flavorful. It's a city known for its, uh, you know, gastronomic side. Yes. You know, so I think the syrups are just a lot better. And I'll tell you a funny thing about that. I remember we were younger. You know, I've, I've talked to you about this before, about... Moments in your life when you realize you grow up in a place that's different than other places. Right. Or that you have stuff that's different than other places. We were, where were we? I think we were in San Antonio, outside the Alamo, and they had people with, like, little carts selling snow cones. And uh, we're like, can we get snow cones? Because it was the summer. You know, I was probably, like, 11 or something. Huh? And parents were like, yeah, sure, uh, it's, you're not going to like it. You know, <laughs> like what? Like it's not the same thing. You're not. It's not going to be as good. You're just not going to like it. But but we'll let you get them. And you know, we got our snow cones, and they were awful. Yeah. You know, like they ran out of the juice quick. The ice wasn't like it wasn't so fine. Like a. That's why they call them snowballs because they're like snow-like consistency. Even ice, well, you know? okay, yeah. So I'm looking at them, and they definitely have a different look than up here, which is essentially just crushed ice. Yeah, yeah. With with like a little, you know, flavoring on top like of what it. You can make with like that little Snoopy uh, snow cone machine. Exactly. Which we had one when I was very little. You know, it's like yeah, or like uh, what's the uh, slush puppy? Uh, Slush puppy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those were always disappointing because I remember they used to sell those at the concession stand at the playground, you know, Metairie Playground where we played all our sports. And that was the most disappointing treat in the world because it would be like two sips and you were out of the juice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Slush Puppy's great if you just sit next to the machine the whole time. Right. (laughs) Hook yourself up intravenously. Yeah. But uh So that, what's what's the Coke Icy? Is that That's an Icy, you know Icy. Okay, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. I got Icy's similar to the seven eleven Slurpee, but Icy's are everywhere. Yeah, Icy's with the bear. Yeah, yeah, Icy Bear. Yeah. I just love Icy's. You know? And snowballs you can't get year round either. Oh you can't? No, it's like 
generally snowball season for the most part is from late March, early April to, uh, you know, ending before Halloween. Seer- or as we call up north, seersucker season. Yeah, that's what y'all call it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's when it, that's when we picture you guys wearing your seersucker. Oh, all right. During that season. Well, you know, it's like, uh, I just, I like to call the summer snowball season. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's even making a shirt with that stuff on it now, you know, like fall's football season, you know, the seasons of New Orleans, but, you know, crawfish season, you know, all all that. Everything's defined by when stuff's going to be ready to eat. Yeah. So what, what are the seasons? Well, what is it? I mean, I guess, you know, fall, I guess, is football season. Summer is snowball season. Spring would be crawfish season. And uh, winter is Mardi Gras. Huh, all right. Carnival season. There you go. That's your four basic seasons of New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) Stick with that. You'll be gold. Uh, I'm ready to assimilate. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Stick with that when you come down here. Everything else will be cream cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, those seasons, you know, kind of overlap upon each other, but it's it's still a rough guide. You know, it pretty much works out well for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it lets you know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not, you know, you're not getting a snowball if it's like February. Right. And you're in New Orleans, you know? Right, so just forget about it. Icy. Yeah, exactly. Which what? I have no problem with. I love Icy's. You and eat- I'll tell you a big problem I had. The start about two years ago or so, I used to always go to the Circle K's because they had Icy's in them, and usually they had about four flavors in the Circle K. So I go to this, I go to one of the local Circle K's that I frequent. Which, by the way, I love going to Circle K just because it plays a a um, a key role in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is the movie that defined my my seventh grade year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Uh, I don't know if you're as much of a fan of that film as I am. No, I'm not, because I hate yeah. Keanu Reeves. How could how'd you hate Keanu Reeves when you were fourteen? Yeah, I just knew I he hated never him. Made any movies? Yet. I know, I know. I just know I hated him. Seriously, from Jump Street. Okay. I was like, this guy's gonna suck. Mm-hmm. And the only Keanu Reeves movie I've ever seen is Point Break. Yeah, well, this is pre Point. I, I know it's pre Point Break, but yeah, um, I was willing to give him a chance, and. Um, it just he he doesn't do it for me. I knew something was off when you didn't laugh. Two strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, no, I have no, so I, like, I have no if idea. You if you're not laughing, that means you have never seen the movie. Nope, no, I have zero reference to Bill and Ted. Yeah, that's too bad, man. That's a great film. I saw it like three or four times in the theater. You know, but I wouldn't, but I didn't want to pay for the same movie and over again. So I would buy a ticket to one movie. Like I remember the movie Lean on Me was out at the same time. Okay. So I went to see Lean on Me, you know, with Crazy Joe, uh, was it Crazy Joe Clark? Yep. And uh, and then I was like, I can't keep paying to see this movie. So I was like, let's see something else and we'll just hang out and see it again. You know, so I saw Lean on Me, hung out, walked into Bill and Ted's. 
You know, it was just, you know, it's no big deal stealing shit when I was 12. Yeah, right, right. You know, as abstract as the idea of shoplifting a movie is, <laughs> a viewing. <laughs> right. I actually ended up doing it a few years ago. Um, as an adult? Yes. Uh, I'd gone to the movies. Uh, the person I went to the movies with knows who she is. And we had <laughs> gone to see the town. And when we were walking out, the movie ended right around midnight, you know? Yeah. And uh, this was before I had anywhere to go on a Friday. We <laughs> 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 look, and it was uh, the uh, Wall Street 2 Money Never Sleeps movie premiere. <laughs> at midnight, and a girl I'm with, she's like... With Shia LaBeouf? Yes. Oh. She's like, she's like, hey, Wall Street 2's going to play right now. It was like the premiere, you know, the midnight premiere thing. She's like, you want to go in there? I was like, she's like, come on, let's go watch the movie. So we went in there and watched Wall Street 2. <laughs> How was it? It was all right, you know? I mean, for a free movie, it was fine. You know? Yeah. I'll tell you a free movie that sucked was... Um, I just want to close out this idea of the free movie thing. This is the last summer. This is right after I graduated from Syracuse. And me and these two guys, this guy Belly and this guy Zach, who I was living with during the summer, you know, because uh, it's after the lease ran out in the place I was living in. I was actually back in 1106 because the guy Belly's girlfriend and a bunch of other girls were... Um, had rented 1106 for the next year. Okay, so, okay. So so I moved in there just to sublet for a couple of months before moving out of town. And uh, we, went to, we went to the Carousel Mall to see the South Park movie. And when we went in, they never took our tickets. So, so we walked out and we were like, man, they never took our tickets. You know what this means? We can come back and get a free movie tomorrow. <laughs> So we go back the next day, and the teenager kid there is um, is taking the tickets, and Zach goes in, and Belly goes in, and he, and, uh, and then he takes my ticket, and he must have noticed something, you know, by the third ticket, you know. Right. And he's like, looks at mine, he's like, this isn't right, and he tears <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Because I guess he was like at that point, like fuck it. What are right. I, I mean, he's making minimum wage. You know, you got a fifty-fifty chance that the kid's gonna be like, eh. Yeah. Fuck he it. Wasn't about to call us on it. You know, it's like, <laughs> and we would just put up our oh, your machine must be messed up, man. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the thing is, once you get in there, they get the hallway of movies. Yes. You know, we're like, well, what's playing? It's like, well, we just saw South Park yesterday. And we're looking, what's the next available movie? And it was it was a Friday, I guess. And uh, that Wild Wild West movie, Will Smith, had just come out. And we're like, well, let's go there. It's the next available movie. And it was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. In Mar- the Is it Martin Lawrence and Will Smith? No. No, it's Will Smith and uh, Kenneth Branagh was the bad guy. Kevin Klein was in it, I believe. And it, you know the Wild Wild West TV show, which was something in the 60s or 70s, I guess? Yeah, okay. It was a movie version of that, and it was horrible. I remember we were all just sitting there miserable, and at the end, you know, one of the guys was like, why didn't we leave? I was like, (laughs) 
I was like, because to be honest with you, I kind of like seeing a really bad movie in the theater because you just want to know how bad it could be. Yeah, I've never walked out of a movie. Yeah, and that movie was terrible. Yeah, yeah, I walk, I walk out of the most exciting game in Syracuse football history, but I won't walk out <laughs> of a movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna walk out Wild Wild West. I'll leave, I'll leave uh, the Syracuse Virginia Tech homecoming game. Two minutes before, Donovan McNabb throws a last-second touchdown pass, and everybody floods the field because I don't want to wait in line at Fagan's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael Cuddy. Uh, oh, God. Uh, but back to the original point about the Circle K was they got rid of ICs. So now it's becoming like a harder and harder thing to do because apparently they got in a dispute because ICs, they replaced it with some knockoff brand. You know, and then they got this service station near my mother parents' house, and I went in there like a couple of months ago expecting to get an icy, and they have some knockoff brand. So now it's like any place that has ICs, I'm making a note of it now. What? You know, what's your Circle K of choice? Well, I don't have one anymore because they don't sell ICs at them. What would it have been? Well, I used to go to this. I used to go to two Circle Ks. It was when I lived closer to them in town anyway. There was one on Claiborne, like right across the street from Tulane's campus. Not that that means anything to you. Actually, I still go to that one occasionally because it's near where a friend lives. And I'll stop in there to get beer if I'm on, on my way to his house for like a barbecue or something. Okay. And there was another one that was... uh. Down Magazine Street. It was right next to the place where I used to get my hair cut, but the guy that I get my hair cut from isn't in there anymore. And that used to be a really good trip because I would go get my hair cut, I'd pop in and get a sn- get an icy. You know, that was like gold for me. Right, right. <laughs> but, but I have no reason to even be in that part of town anymore. Now I'll get my hair cut there and they don't sell ICs. So uh, I guess my Circle K was that university one, I'd have to say. Plus, they have a bonus because they have a big walk-in, uh, walk-in beer cooler in there, which I like. It's nice to hop in those places on a hot day just oh, yeah. to walk around the beer cooler. I'm just I'm, I'm plotting the map of the Circle K's between Metairie and Tulane and Magazine just to see how far you would go for an Icy. Yeah, well, I was living closer to the... Circle K's back then. <laughs> but that doesn't matter because there's a place on Magazine. It's this gas station I found. That was just by happenstance. They had an icy sign outside. I went in there and they had like six different icy flavors. And, uh, you know, it's not far from where I work. You know, it's on the way. See, because I work way, um, you know, I work in the lower garden district in New Orleans. So, so theoretically, uh, if that Circle K was still selling ICs, I would stop in there and get an icy occasionally, but they don't, so I have no reason to. What's your flavor? Coke. Coke is my standby. That's it. Yeah, occasionally I'll get like pina colada or switch it up, but generally it's Coke. The Coke icy is my favorite. I'm getting thirsty uh, for one right now. See, I don't like pina colada uh, unless it's an actual pina colada uh, somebody brought me um i had a barbecue on uh memorial day and yeah. somebody brought me which is a pretty good thing to bring 
in theory, but in practice, it didn't work out so well. They brought those freezy pops, you know, like they come in like yeah. the uh, the little plastic. Can the yeah? You know. We got a bunch of those in the freezer right now. All right, Just bought a bunch of those. Yeah, but they brought them unfrozen. So by the time they froze, everybody was either gone or too wasted to want a freezy pop. Yeah. So I was left with like 36 freezy pops. And um, my go-to flavor on the freezy pop is grape. Okay. Then orange and red are kind of interchangeable. Yeah. I'm a, I'm also a big fan of blue, but this one had pina colada. That sounds gross to me. It's it's so gross. I have six pina coladas sitting in my in my freezer because I yeah. can't can't eat them. Yeah, that see the pina colada icy is better than that. I believe that just sounds gross to me. But a pina colada icy, even usually I'm a large icy guy. Pina colada, I think you need to eat it in more, um, you know, moderation, like not in such large servings. Right. You know, because it's, it, it's not something you want a whole lot of. Even a pina colada drink, you can only have one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. True that. True that. Oh, I'm going to have to make a run to yeah. go get something. As far as getting caught in the rain. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like pina coladas getting caught in the rain? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? I got, a, I got a couple things. Um, but I want to follow up on some of our, um, um, some of our action items from last week. Okay. Um, I haven't started the Lee Zurich, um, Wikipedia page yet, but I've laid it out. Shame, shame. But I, I no, I've done my, I've done my homework. You can't just. You can't just jump into these things. You got to be fully prepared. You have to. You got to have a game plan. You got to know exactly what you're going to do. Yes, um, you got to do your research. You got to do research. You got to lay it out. Formatting matters because don't forget, it then has to be approved by, you know, Wikipedia editor. So we want to get off on the right foot because the whole point is to slip in Lee Zurich, uh, you know, kind of a uh, a subheading of Lee Zurich in pop culture. Oh yeah, yeah. To include and, him on, and he's you know the patron, uh, you know, saying of of two sorry excuses. That's the whole hook, because yes. I think a Lee Zurich, um, a Lee Zurich Wikipedia page, I think will get a lot of play. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's he's a been Googled several. You know, I'm sure he's Googled many times a day. Exactly. If if for whatever reason, hey, where'd this guy go to school? Or you know. Hey, did this guy really win a Peabody? Or which hey, local politico is he taking down today? Exactly, exactly. Walter Reed is the answer there. Uh, the ex-military <laughs> general? No, Walter Reed is a uh, he's the district attorney of Saint Tammany Parish, which is a which is a parish, or as y'all call him, county on the uh, North Shore. You know, on uh, North Shore Lake Pontchartrain, and. Um, Lee Zurich's been hitting them pretty hard over the past few weeks. It was the big front page uh, in collaboration with the Times Picayune. It was the big front page story today, or one of them. What's um? What do you think uh, Lee's end game is? I don't know, but I was thinking, you know, like 
he's got to be busting his ass, you know, to constantly going after these people. I mean, I know anybody who's got a job is busting their ass to be done, but I'm like, you know, what is the end game? How long does this go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, I guess he's just going to be that dude. Like, I mean, they've always had all these local guys whose whole careers they spent as the investigative reporter. You know, and that's all you do is, you know, 40 years you're there investigating everyone. I guess that's what he's going to be. I don't think he's looking to move out and become like, uh, you know, I don't think he's maybe. I don't know. Maybe he is dying to be on 2020 or Dateline NBC. I have no clue. In in the New York area, and and the, he might actually even have national appeal because he was a Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, was uh, a reporter named Mike McAlary, and okay. he is. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Newsroom, with um, I think it's called Newsroom. It's got Michael Keaton plays an editor. Um, I know the movie of which you speak. Okay, never saw it. Uh, there, uh, Randy Quaid plays. Like, you know, the the investigative reporter. Like, Fletch, but in a, in a serious movie. More serious, yeah. That's based on Mike McAlary. Okay. And um, also the movie Copland with uh, Sylvester Copland? Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it either, but I know, that's the one, I know what you're talking about. It's, um... They got a bunch of big-time actors in that movie, right? Um, yeah, yeah, tons. Like, um... I want to say Harvey Keitel, but it's probably not Harvey Keitel. It's probably um... Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> yes, Gerard Depardieu. What? <laughs> now I'm your lover. <clears throat> um, I was trying to think about somebody that might vaguely look like Harvey Keitel. A uh, De Niro, I think, is in Copland. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I knew it had some big names in it. Um, the Paper was the name of the movie. Um, yes. Yes. The Paper. Uh, uh, and Copland is that TV show on HBO. I know that much. Copland is um, is a true story. Um, it's in New York City. You have to live in the five boroughs of New York to be a police officer, but transit cops can live in Jersey. Okay. And so this group of corrupt transit cops lived like right over the bridge, and they kind of ran this town, and they were totally corrupt in the whole deal. Um, and I guess he broke this story. The tie-in is Mike McAlary is Chris Laughlin's uncle. Oh, cool. And um, Laughlin used to talk about him all the time. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a Syracuse guy. Uh, I, I think he okay. um, He went to Syracuse at least um, for a little bit. But um, he was like hard-nosed um, investigative reporter. Unfortunately, he, he died of cancer when he was 40. So, uh, like... There's no like resolution to the, you know, to the life cycle. Yeah. What what happens to a you know a forty year old investigative reporter who you know has burned every bridge has you know has taken down all the corruption blah blah blah. Well, he you know he becomes a mayor or he writes a screenplay or he does whatever. Um, I mean, you sound I'm, like you're writing the movie for <laughs> <him> right now. <laughs> I mean. Who has said that that Lee Zerg's burned all his bridges so far? <laughs> well, I have to imagine. He's storming in. Yeah, um, they when... got these guys, like, I mean, before Lee, I mean, they had local guys who were on this job for, like, literally 40 years. You know? I mean, I guess you don't burn every bridge. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, I guess if you get enough scumbags out of office, there's always going to be somebody else to help you out. Yeah, and I guess the 
the end game is he is he's he's cleaning up corruption. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. I guess you're going to make friends. I guess we can make a movie about that. I though. guess so. I guess so. Lee Zurich is at a crossroads. <laughs> he's 40 years old and he's burned enough bridges that he can't cross anymore. <laughs> he's only been on us. He's only been on that beat for like the investigative reporter beat for for less than 10 years now. So let's hope let's hope he doesn't run through the cycle that quick. Now is the Peabody he he's the winner. He's a he's a Peabody award winner. Yes. Now are those national awards? Yeah, like he had to go to New York for the ceremony. I think it's sponsored by the University of Georgia, but it's in that like if you go to the Peabody Award page, it'll show you all the winners. It's it's a lot of national stuff. I think Letterman might even have won a Peabody Award before. Okay. Brian Cranston looks like you won a, a Peabody for something. I mean it's for like excellence in broadcasting. Uh, and all these high ideals. Sunday, June first was the uh was the award ceremony. There you go. Lee Zurich was in my backyard. I didn't even know it. Yep. Oh, they showed it on... Yeah, originally broadcast, but it was in May that they were actually there, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he was there, yes. He was there. Whatever day it was that I posted that that blog post about him. There's some... the award. That's the day he was in New York accepting it. Uh, News Channel 5, is that it? No, it's going to be uh, Channel uh, Fox 8, it was. Let's see. Might not even made it on. Let's see. Oh, here it is. It says Louisiana Purchased. I'm, I'm going to just click and, and send it to you. I mean, Key and Peele won a, won a Peabody Award. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Anthony Bourdain did as well. Now, does this... I wonder if the whole team wins it like a, like an Academy well, Award. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Like, he's one of the named people. But, like, if you look at it, it's... It's, um, it's the named people... Who were involved with with dealing? See, he's on there as reporter and producer. Right, chief See, investigative case, reporter. He he won one before uh, dealing with an investigation of uh, Mayor Ray Nagin of New Orleans years ago. He, he wait, he won another Peabody? Yeah, when he was with Channel Four. Let me look it up. I'm gonna try to find it. He's a two-time Peabody Award winner. Yeah, and technically he won a third one, but that one was just an ensemble one. The first one he won was for was an award towards that station for all the coverage during Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Yeah, this one he won for uh, as reporter for the uh, New Orleans uh, housing program scandal. Here, I'll send that to you as well, if you care to look. This is great. So the graphics, starting with the series logo, a barcoded Louisiana map, and imaginative, even amusing, uh, are on target. So is the writing. If money drives politics, WVUE reporter Lee Zurich says early on, we're about to show you who's riding shotgun. <laughs> I mean, he's accomplished. 
You can't argue that. Oh, he really is. Yeah, I mean the guy. The guy's got chops. The summer of two thousand eight. Hometown boy makes good. Good thing there's so much corruption in New Orleans. Or what else would he yeah, be I working mean, on? That was like uh, one of the uh, profe- law professors that I had, uh, Dane Cialino. After first year of law school, I was working on some. Uh, I was working on some project for him with some other uh, law school professor about uh, basically corruption in the uh, sub- state Supreme Court election uh, financing BS, you know? Yeah, yeah. Campaign donations and stuff like that. And he said at the time, he's like, he's like, as long as you're an attorney, because he represents a lot of guys who are brought up on ethics charges too. He's like, as, you, as long as your attorney specializing in ethics issues in in Louisiana, you're going to be busy for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always be busy. So there you go. Uh, and that also that goes all the way back to when um, John Goodman was the governor, right? John Goodman. Yeah, didn't he? Um, didn't didn't John Goodman play um, Huey Long? Oh, oh. What was he? What was the famous Huey Long movie? Or a book, even. All the all the King's Men. Uh, Kingfish. No, that's Kingfish a that's a TV movie. Them. Yeah, yeah. All the King's Men. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I never did see the remake of the movie. You know, the All the King's Men that came out some years ago. Yep. The one that came out what was that like eight years ago or so? Uh, yes. Okay, but yeah, Huey Long was called the Kingfish. Did John Goodman play him in that movie? He must have played him in that TV. Uh, movie because it, it was he didn't play him in the in the theatrical version. Okay, because you know there was I, I I'm pretty sure he did play Huey Long at some point for yeah, something. He played him in in a TV movie called Kingfish in '95. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all right. I'm trying to find the IMDb on that. But what was um? See, there's a local actor who's actually friends with John Goodman who did. All the Kingfish, you know, the one-man show forever down here. And then when they made the TV movie, they chose John Goodman to do it because this guy was a nobody, even though he's great at playing Huey Long. There was also a Paul Newman movie. That's that that He's playing Earl Long in that movie, Huey's brother. Okay. Blaze about the stripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a true story or based on a true yeah, story? That's a true, yeah, based on a true story, yeah. Earl Long loved the strippers. <laughs> well, what? I mean, who doesn't? Huey Long, you know, those guys are from North Louisiana, too. They're from way the fuck up there. But they loved carousing, like, uh, what is it? Uh, the hotel down here, the Roosevelt. They have a bar in there, the Sazerac Bar. And, Huey Long's favorite drink they made in there was the Ramos Gin Fizz. And the story was that he was in New York and he flew the bartender up from the Sazerac bar just so he would have a guy that made the Ramos Gin Fizz the, w- fizz the way he liked it. <laughs> he, would come, he would come to New Orleans like every weekend and just hang out at that hotel, you know, stay in that hotel and hang out at the bar. He was a big, you know, he was... A classic, um, you know, over-the-top politician guy. Right. Politician, a celebrity dude, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and then 
it's crazy. If you go to the Capitol, you can still see the, you know, you see the bullet holes in the in the marble columns where he was shot. You know, he was, you know, he was murdered yeah. in the, uh, in in the state capitol itself. Yeah. You know, and they, and there's reason to suspect that maybe it was his bodyguards that ended up killing him because it was a, it was a crazy hail of gunfire once the dude, uh, Doctor Weiss came up and. Sh- Carl Weiss came and shot him, you know. All of a sudden, it was like a crazy, you know, fuselage of bullets everywhere, you know, fuselage of bullets, and some suspect that they might have killed him. Oh, not on purpose, on friendly fire. Yeah, it was just like, you know, a guy shot him, and then all of a sudden, you know, guns started, you know, shots just start going off left and right. You know, but it's (laughs) crazy, man. Like, you go in there, and it's like, oh, this is the bullet hole right here in this column. You know, because it's marble. It's not gone anywhere. They didn't fill it. You know? What What was the story? Why Why did... Um... I think Carl Weiss was pissed off because I think they might have... He might have blamed Huey Long for, like, ruining his family. Okay. I think that was the um, the story behind that. You know, like, he had something to do with... You know, I guess they they lost a bunch of, uh, you know, I guess it really screwed up his family. Well, here we go to this HueyLong.com page, the assassination. I'll send you the assassination of Huey Long page. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of uh, post-coital links to get up. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about about FDR wanting to get one him murdered as well. You know? Yeah. Because he was becoming a very popular voice nationally because he was a huge populist. A chicken in every pot, you know? Right. All right. Let's see. Huey Long shot and killed. On September 8th, Huey was in the state capitol in Baton Rouge for a special session. Louisiana legislature pushing through a number of bills, including a measure gerrymander appointed Judge Benjamin Pavey of his job. All right. According to the generally accepted version of events, Pavey's son-in-law, Dr. Carl Weiss, approached Huey in a corridor and shot him at close range in the abdomen. Huey's bodyguards immediately opened fire on Weiss as Huey ran to safety. Weiss was killed instantly, and Huey was rushed to a nearby hospital where emergency surgery failed to stop internal bleeding. Huey died two days later on September 10, 1935, 11 days after his 42nd birthday. His last words were, God, don't let me die. I have so much to do. All right. Well, there you go. It was the son-in-law of the guy he was going to um, gerrymander out of his job. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, They have to have a different word for that act because... What, it, gerrymander? Yeah, it just it sounds like shenanigans or tomfoolery. Well, it is shenanigans. That's why they invented the word. You know where it comes from, huh? Uh, no. Elbridge Jerry was like a politician in Massachusetts... Back in, like, I guess the 18th century or whatever, 18th, 19th century. Uh, and it was based on what he did, drawing a district that looked like a salamander to make it most advantageous. Hence the term <laughs> gerrymander. Ah, very good. Yeah. Here, well, here's here's Elbridge Jerry's uh, Wikipedia page. <laughs> and throw that in the as well. Probably not nearly as thorough as the one for Lee Zurich will be. Oh, he's got the same birthday as me. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Elbridge Jerry does? 
Yes, July 17, 1744. Well, not the same birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's about 232 years older than me. But uh, here, I'm sure there's a whole thing here about the, uh, maybe it's on the legacy. Yes. Jerry is generally remembered for the use of his name and the word gerrymander, for his refusal to sign the United States Constitution for his role in the XYZ affair. All right, well, we don't need to spend too much more time on Elbridge, Jerry. What else you got? You got anything else? Uh, I do got some, some other stuff. What do you I got? I mean, I have all kinds of stuff. But uh, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't nearly have anything. Well, back to our, well, other, I, I do have some other new stuff, though. All right. But, uh... Just little points here and there. But uh, in pursuit of our musical... Oh, yeah, 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 right. Song, right. We're, we're, we're... I sent a Facebook message to Adam that day, or the next day after we spoke of that. Never received a response to him, from him. But that's not a big surprise, because I don't think he's the biggest Facebooker in the world. Okay. Although I, in the message, I, I said over and over again that it's not a joke. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I asked Brian for his phone number. He gave it to me, but he said he was he was actually down the Jersey Shore this weekend for a wedding. Whoa, whoa, where? Tell me. Why you gonna go? Stop I'll the- go. I'll get this done. What's well, today? He's probably he's probably gone now. Oh, it's Sunday evening. Damn it! But I, I didn't want to go. I wasn't gonna call him while he's out partying for a wedding. You yeah, know? yeah, that's true. That no, that you have to show some cooth. What's his last yeah. name? Kohler. Like the toilet? K-O-H-L-E-R? Yep. So, this week I'll get in touch with him. He decides he can't do it. You know, I told Brian Buzz is our backup. Not our backup, but he's another option. It's just I thought it would be easier to talk to Adam. Apparently it's not becoming that that way. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember him. I don't. He used to, he doesn't have it now, but he, well, he might still have the goatee, but he used to have a long ponytail. And brown hair. What did he do? He was bartender slash manager. All right. When we he were talking about. Like he lifted weights a good bit because he did. When we were talking about this last time, um, I. In my head, I mistakenly thought it was the dude from um, from Syracuse. There's the guy. Oh, Paul Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Hayes, is he wouldn't be a bad option, I guess, but he's, I don't know, I think of him as more of a DJ. Okay. You know, I mean, I know he plays the guitar, but who knows if he's just playing the guitar as a, a douchey thing to pick up chicks. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we need, we need professionals. Yeah, Carlo was like, what about Mike Drew? <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? I was like, well, I don't know if Mike Drew's exactly what we're going for, but... Listen, uh, if we yeah. want a 14-minute harmonica solo intro song, theme song, he's our guy. Well, yeah, if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who wouldn't? I was like, the Mike Drew version, you know? <laughs> Well, because when I sent it, my description to Adam was like something upbeat and irreverent, you know. Right. I don't know. I'm just, 
I'm just imagining all the times I've hung out with Mike Drew where he started exposing his musical side. It's usually a kind of a slower raconteur type of storytelling. Soulful. Soulful is the word you're looking for because he 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 reaches deep down. Yeah, but it's much more folk folky. Folk music like, huh? Yeah, yeah, not soul music. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, maybe introspective. It, oh, introspective, good one. Yes. Good yes. one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, god. Perfect. Well, alright, so I Googled Adam, but um there's a bunch of guys who who look familiar, but I don't think they're him. Hmm. I don't think they're him. Well, I know he's not UGA walk-on Adam Kohler. Um, when I do Adam Kohler, that's the first uh, thing that comes up. Adam Kohler's Twitter page. UGA walk-on wide receiver turned multimedia producer, creator of digital content, divots, and delicious steaks. No, not our Adam Kohler. Um, yeah, I got... All, like There's a bunch of people who I think look familiar, but they're definitely not him. So just I'll just have to wait until um, he writes us a, a song, and then we can um, we can have him on Two Star Excuses, and yeah. we'll have um, we'll get his headshot, and we'll we'll have to we'll give him a, a, his own article. Yeah, I told him everything that we'd be, um, you know, allowing his music to be downloaded, whatever he wants to do. Yeah, you know, I just don't know how psyched he is about doing it. You know. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's busy, you know. Yeah, maybe he's busy building houses or whatever he's doing now. I know he does a lot of, I think he, he does like a lot of uh, type of work like that now, I think. You know, but uh, I don't know, maybe he wants to dig into a little of his musical, uh, his his repertoire. But uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll know more about that later this week. All right, um, because I'll tell you what, we've got, We've gained a little momentum. Um, the um, two sorry excuse, uh, two sorry seersuckers episode, um, the Memorial Day edition, is um, has seventy eight downloads already. Hmm. It's only been up uh, nine days. Interesting. By comparison, our next highest downloaded show is a sexy Sparta Thanksgiving, which has been downloaded 82 times since November, my birthday, November 27th. Okay. So I don't know what you did or what, um, how we promoted that, but I don't know. Do it again, man. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll keep doing what I do. We're over. You know, we're, I we're, mean, I did. I, I got in touch with a guy who I went to law school with, Last week, actually, because I saw where, you know, not too many people like these uh, posts on Facebook when I put them up there. It's usually like, you know, me and somebody else. Yeah. And uh, Joe Forger is a big. Yes. Uh, and then when I share it, do you know? Do you know Joe Forger? I do. He's um, he is um, how we met. The primary way we met Liz Stillman. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, he he's he's good at liking it, but when I share it, this other guy was liking it, this guy Todd, and you know he did two weeks in a row, 
and you know, he lives in Tennessee or whatever now, you know, and, and I got on there. And I was like, hey, do you actually listen to podcasts? He's like, yeah, I don't. I hop around. I just start listening to it. Maybe show 13 or whatever. He's like, I just remember some of your rants from law school. You know, <laughs> he's like, and it was entertaining then. It's still kind of entertaining, basically. <laughs> um, so I was happy to know he's he's listening to the show. Uh, and as far as that goes, you sent me that analytics page this week. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's our website. Which I'm having a hard time understanding. Who the hell's? That's just for the website itself? Yes. That's not the, all right, because I was like, I don't know who the hell is gives a damn about us in Brazil and Alaska. Um, did, you, did you see that? That's yeah. That's just the website. I haven't looked at that. Um, All right, because I was looking at the demographics and didn't see any El Salvador, but um, but but obviously it's not the iTunes thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sure Fredo's getting his fix from from Fredo iTunes. Fredo actually sent me a message this week. Now that I'm thinking about it, about um, issues with the opening theme, he uh, I'll tell you exactly what he told me. You know, because we were talking about maybe Fredo hooking us up with uh, Latin Rock's uh, greatest <laughs> band ever. Right. Uh, and he got in touch with you on that? Uh, he, he uh, let's see. Oh, man, I'm having a hard time. He changed up this page on me again. Well, he said that since uh, since he clearly knows everybody anyway, uh, since, since all Latinos know each other anyway, that he'll get in touch with Manon and they'll be able to do the song. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. What you, uh, okay, now I found it. Uh, oh God, old Fredo, old Fredo. Now let me see if I can see. Uh, you know this Facebook crap where they keep changing stuff up every week kills me. All right. Yeah, he says since we almost know each other, I'll work on my end to get a hold of Mana for you guys. He, this is just for you. He also loves the good night, Fredo. <laughs> good night, Fredo cracks me up all the time. Uh, I knew he would. That was a, that was a good call on your part. <laughs> uh, well, a funny thing about the Latins. Now, there's a funny story I saw this week. It was on uh, <laughs> Deadspin. And I'll give you uh, a Deadspin link to it. I'll give you a little background on why I found this even that much funnier. When I was younger, uh, you know, since I was five years old, I'd known this guy, Victor Valdez. Victor, Victor's mother was Chilean and his dad was Bolivian, but his dad lived in California. You know, his parents were divorced. Okay. Uh, and Victor's aunt was the Spanish teacher at my grade school. And, you know, we became friends with Victor. My brother Josh became better friends with him, actually. But, uh... They were always late for everything, you know, like his his mother, if she was going to pick us up, like my mother was pretty bad at, you know, being on time. They were just, they were just negligent, you know, they were always really late. I remember one year Josh was going, the aunt was going to take them 
take Josh and Victor to Disney World. This is probably when, you know, Josh must have been like 12 or 13. Okay. She literally showed up a day late. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're supposed to leave like on a Friday and end up leaving on a Saturday. Something like that, you know? Right. And I I used to, to, we used to be like, what's the deal with these with these South Americans, why the hell are they so late for everything? You know, is is this, is it just them? And then I got the high school. And then the Spanish textbook in the high school is even teaching that Latins don't take time seriously. You know, like it was, it was even in the textbook. It's like being prompt things isn't important in Spanish cultures, blah, blah, blah. You know? Really? Yes. Like it's. Like, like, it's not just, like, some racist idea. It's something that they straight up promote. Well, think about it. Any society where where they take siestas, you know? True. You're probably not rushing around to anything when you're taking naps in the middle of the day. <laughs> well, which leads to this story. You know, uh, Rio de Janeiro is hosting the World Cup. Yes. And they're, hoping in the Olymp- they're hosting the Olympics two years later, you know, in 2016. Right. Well, they've been getting all this heat about, you know, not being behind deadlines and all this stuff for, like, the World Cup and the Olympics. Well, did you see that link I just sent you? Rio Mayor on World Cup. We're the Latins. We're not used to deadlines. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the mayor of Rio de Janeiro just totally reinforcing this this characteristic of Latin people. You know, not just Spanish-speaking people, because they're Portuguese people down there. Right. The right. Latin culture itself. Right. You know, and, and the actual article that they link to, the full quote is, we're Latins, we're not used to deadlines, to keeping up with things, the mayor said. <laughs> <laughs> So he's basically like, you know, chill the fuck out. Everything will be built. We're just not good at this whole deadline thing. It just that I just found that that little bit of uh, news quite amusing this week. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I'll tell you another bit of news I found quite amusing this week. What's that? Did you hear about the Hitler billboard? Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Um, but I don't know the whole story about it. Well, when I first read it, when I first saw the story about the Hitler billboard, I just thought it was a quote attributable, attributed to Hitler. Not, you know, that, uh, oh no, we didn't know that was Hitler's quote. No. Uh, if you look at that link, you can see the picture in there too. They have Hitler's name on the fucking billboard. Uh, let me see. How do I? Not, not to mention the quote, even without having Hitler's name to it attached to it, doesn't sound creepy enough as it is. He alone, who owns the youth, gains the future. Okay, yeah, I've heard the quote. The quote is is ominous. Yes, like that sounds like even if you didn't have Hitler's name there, it would be like, why the fuck are you putting that quote on your billboard? It, you know. But there's also another quote on the billboard. Why do you well, need it's two, a biblical passage. Why do you need two quotes? I don't know, but why do you need the... But why would you even put Hitler's name on the billboard even if you were going to use that quote? Right, 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 right. right. So the, the, you know, I, like, that's the first thing, is 
if you're, <laughs> like, I find it hard to believe that there is something that, you know, that you go, you know what? I'll tell you what. You know who nailed that? Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> we got to use. Even if, we got to use that quote. That quote without you knowing it was Hitler, you'd be like, "Well, that's a creepy ass quote." Right. Right. So even if there was a quote that was like, you know, "Love your neighbor." Adolf Hitler. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good sentiment. I don't know what the context is. I'd imagine it was "Love your neighbor as long as he looks exactly like you." But if I was going to use the quote, I certainly wouldn't attribute it to him. Yeah, like, that's what kills me. The idea that they had this billboard is like, I love this right away in the the first paragraph of that article. Alabama-based Lifesavers Ministries has admitted that it was probably a poor decision to select a quote from Adolf Hitler for use on a billboard supporting children's education, reports Ross Story. (laughs) Probably. Probably a poor decision. Yeah, we probably... you know, I, th- I think you can just say straight up it was a poor decision. But uh, who signs off on this? So somebody has to come up with it. So well, who- the funny thing was the first article, when I was looking up these articles earlier today, I found one, and I guess it was from earlier on in the story, where they they weren't even taking credit for it. I'll show you the article right now where it was like uh, – the sign company was like, yeah, it's these people that are doing it. But they were like, no one could own it, you know? Okay. See, it's it's talking about it here. Uh, no one at Lamar. All right, let's see. The billboard doesn't appear to be an advertisement for Lifesavers Ministries as its name is invisible on the sign. See, it was just put up like it's this billboard with nothing other than the quote in the biblical passage. You know, like they like the only reason it came out that they had it was that these people, uh, newspaper people called up Lamar, the uh, billboard company, and they told them, oh, it's Lifesavers Ministries that put that up. You know, obviously somebody there, you know, some I don't know if it was some high minded practical joke or what to put that thing up. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some type. So. Um, so the ministry, you know, they sit around, whatever, their local market or their, you know, their weekly marketing meeting or whatever, local board, you know, annual board meeting. And they're like, oh, I got this great idea. Um, I found this great quote and I want to make a billboard out of it. And then somebody goes, all right, yeah, that's great. um, What's a quote? Um, uh, he alone who owns the youth gain the future. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know, man, that. That's a little ominous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Hitler said it. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead. Roll with it. So then they have to sign off on it. Then somebody's got to create the artwork for it. And the guy who's creating the artwork, obviously he's you know under the employ of the, of the ministries. But you think at some point he'd be like, uh, hey, guys, you sure you want to roll with this? Yeah. This is Adolf Hitler, right? Mein Fuhrer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go, 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 just go with it. It'll be fine. Then Lamar, then, then there's a production company. So there's a company that produces the billboard. And that guy is like, oh, another Hitler billboard. 
Well, those guys, I don't blame them. I'm, I'm sure they were probably like, okay, you want to put up a quote by Hitler? Fine. <laughs> but there's got to be some type of, like, there's there's definitely, like, a decency standard for Lamar. Like, they, yeah. you know, there's there's terms and conditions. You know, they wouldn't let, you know, a strip club, you know, throw up a billboard of, you know, naked chicks. So it obviously either slipped through the cracks or, you know, doesn't well, have... I'm sure not all quotes from Hitler would be allowed to be put up either. But this one seemed, you know, as creepy as it sounds, I guess it, you know, it passed the, the test in terms of it wasn't calling for the extermination of the Jews or the gypsies or the cripples. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. But at some point, you know, once you I attach... Like that, somebody was like, well, we'll put that quote up, but you you better make sure Hitler gets his credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I can't imagine it gets much better than that. What else you got? Cause that. Um. Well, this is just closing marks. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty will not be Super Bowl L. It'll be Super Bowl Fifty. This bothers me as if it if it follows over to Super Bowl Fifty Four because that is expected to be Super Bowl Live. Um, <laughs> So it better be a one-time thing, as they are telling us. Yeah, I have to imagine that they're going to come back strong. I mean, think of the possibilities with Super Bowl Live. Yeah. Well, uh, 54, so that's that's five Super Bowls from now, um, which is what, 2014? No, what, 15? 16, 17, 18? It's going to be 50, right? Oh, what wait. are we at? What are we at right now? No, I thought it was this year is 50. So- What's what's this year? This year, this 2015. Saints won Super Bowl 44 in 2010. So, 45, 11, 46, 47, 48. No, it's going to be 2016 Super Bowl 50. Wait, say again? Saints won Super Bowl 44, and that was in 2010. Okay. So, Super Bowl 50 is going to be 2016. 2015 season. Okay, um, they just they just did. Um, I guess Minnesota got. Yeah, they got the Super Bowl. What what Super Bowl is that going to be? Fifty two. L two. That's two thousand eighteen. That's two thousand eighteen, right? Okay. Yes. Because New Orleans was trying to get it because it was going to be the tricentennial of the city. You know, and it's New Orleans, but no, Minnesota's building a huge billion-dollar stadium, which trumps everything about the fact that it's Minnesota in February. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. They freaked out because it got a, it might have gotten a little chilly in Indianapolis. Um, yeah. So they're going to put them in. in uh, but, you know, in all fairness... Um, they've had Super Bowls in those cold weather cities. Detroit used to host Super Bowl. All the Detroit time. hosted two, and they hosted the last one right after they built the new stadium, and then never host another one again. It was just a token thrown to them. Right. And they hosted that one in '82 in the Pontiac Silverdome, and they didn't host one until they built that new stadium. You know. Um. And but what I'm getting at is that since New Orleans got passed over for that Minneapolis. Super Bowl. There's a chance Super Bowl Live will be in New Orleans. Yeah, there's a chance, but I mean, I think the issue is you got to wait 
year, a few years. You got to wait till the NFL invites you to 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 give a bid for the Super Bowl. You know, because they put so much money and effort into these things. But um, but whatever, that's not a big deal. They'll probably eventually, you know, rip us all off and build a new stadium anyway down here just to get a Super Bowl. <laughs> it is a big waste of money. The money they spend on these buildings. Um, but that's that's another show. That's more like the McNeil Lair podcast. <laughs> well, you know who we could get involved in it? Who's that? Lee Zurich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I have that to say about Super Bowl 50. Uh uh, did you see about the universities with the most school spirit? I don't know where they got this this list from, but somehow Syracuse is number two on this. What? Yeah, I think they'd be number one if not for you. <laughs> I don't know. They ha- It's just a list. It doesn't have any, like, uh, criteria or whatever. Uh, but, but we're number two on it. Somehow we're number two. I don't see LSU on there, and I'm like, well, maybe it's because it's it's not the most obnoxious. But then Alabama's number one, so obviously they don't care about obnoxious all that much, right? Yeah, are you I, looking at this list? Yeah, Lehigh is on the li- Rutgers. Okay, Quinnipiac. <laughs> Quinnipiac. Yes. What is the criteria? No one knows. No one knows. You know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Duke, they're number six. You know, that's uh, probably a list of people you, the student body you'd most like to punch in the face. <laughs> uh, but I don't know how the hell we got the number two. But but ponder that, you know, and especially like you know, I love Syracuse. You love Syracuse, but I'm not gonna sit here and claim. When I was at school there, that was the most rah 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 fan base in the world. No. Maybe it turned around. Maybe. I have, no clue. I have a hard time believing it when I watch the football games and you know, there's like twenty thousand building twenty thousand people in the building and and half the student section is empty. But hey. I will give um I will give the fan base this, especially the undergrad um or the co ed fan base, is that um Orange makes for a particularly um, slutty attire. <laughs> it stands out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. Orange knee-high socks, you know, <laughs> booty shorts, and super um, scoop-cut T-shirts. <laughs> and little um, orange S's on, on their cheeks. Maybe that goes a long way in school spirit. Yep. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's got to count for something, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't really, you know, nothing else I have I thought about that we can't cover next time. Yeah, I get a couple things, but we might as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I come up with ideas, but then we totally go off the rails. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really tough to follow up anything after you spend a good 15 minutes on cutting the lawn. <laughs> Is that all we spent on that? 
I knew I knew it was all lost from that point on. I was like, oh well, we're just talking about random shit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just the fear I go into this. Sometimes, sometimes it's not having anything to talk about. Right. Right. You know, so like as ideas would come down, I have a little a little pad. I keep in my uh, keep in my uh, drawer, my desk drawer at work. And when uh, and when stuff comes to my head, I pull it out. I write that down. You know, I got on here. Oh, uh, you know, oh, sarcasm doesn't work on the internet. Oh, we can cover that. Uh, oh, Billy Madison. Oh, uh, yeah, I really hate Bradley Whitford because he played the bad guy in that movie. Uh, you know, what else? Uh, oh, Jared, the guy I work with, and all his conspiracy theories. <laughs> these are all. These are all actual. Possible show topics? Yes, they are. They are, and they're they're actually pretty good. But uh, but we can we can always keep that. I mean, William Zabka gets name checked in some of this stuff. Oh uh, my god! You know who William Zabka is, right? You know what? Um, what we'll have to do is we'll have to have a show of failed show topics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no such thing as a failed show topic. It's just topics we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, beautiful. Um. Well, I want to let people know that anything they hear on the podcast, they can go to the website, twosourexcuses.com, and, and look for links to anything we were speaking to, such as such as the Hitler billboard and the the Rio mayor who, who says Latins are bad on deadlines and, and uh, the top 25 spirit schools. And, of course, our history lessons, including Elbridge Jerry. Yes. Huey Long. Yep, the assassination of Huey P. And of course, the history of Peabody Awards, won yeah. by Lee Zurich. Don't want to miss that. Don't <laughs> want to miss that. Well, all right, man. All right, thanks. Uh, thanks for making a little time on a on a Sunday. Yep, a sleepy Sunday evening. Uh, but we'll be back on track uh, this week. Um, we'll get back into a, a regular groove. Um, all my uh, ALS walks. Are coming to fruition, so my schedule is getting a little back to normal. A little How bit. many ALS walks do you have to go on? Um, there are t- there's two more left. Why? Why do you have to do so many walks? That's the that's the marketing thing I'm working on with my buddy. Oh, okay. Now, I- yes, yes, yes. I thought you were just doing this out of the kindness of your heart. <laughs> no, what I a get mistake paid. that was. I get paid pretty good. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then on that note, man. All right. Uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo.